0: Hey, Jimmy Scroggins here, and we're talking about bivocational church planting. We've got another one of our family church pastors here in studio. His name is Jimmy Muir. In order to be one of the best pastors at family church, your name should be Jimmy. Jimmy's been here at family church a lot longer than I have. He met his wife here. His parents go to church here. His in-laws go to church here. His kids go to church here. Jimmy, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, and your connection to Family Church.
1: Yeah, I would be glad to. So I started coming to Family Church back in the late 90s for the very spiritual reason uh, that there was a girl here that I liked. Yeah. And it worked out really, really well because we are now married and we all have right. we have two little boys. Now,
0: wait a minute. Now, what, how, what grade were you when you started coming to Family Church because of Heather?
1: Yeah, I was a freshman in high school when I started okay. coming here. So did she invite you or no, you just kind of- No, no, no. That's not what happened chasing. at all. Yeah. So I knew some other guys that went here. And it just so happened that I I came here under the disguise of I was coming with my buddies, but we know what was really happening. Okay. And you didn't marry any of your buddies. I did not marry any of my buddies. (laughs) I would not be here today if I did. Yeah. So you married Heather. And then what happened? So we were married uh, after going to Palm Beach Atlantic University here, uh, right in West Palm Beach. We're both from South Florida. We were married and, and now we have two boys. A seven-year-old named Cohen and a two-year-old named Grayson. I know it's it's crazy. These boys are growing so fast. But yeah, we're just very blessed and have been a part of this church for 20 years now, which is crazy. I've seen and experienced a whole lot here for sure.
0: And Jimmy, you actually, when you graduated from PBA... You came on staff.
1: I did. Yeah, I was an intern in the college ministry when I came on. And eventually that resulted in me being ordained by Family Church, First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach at the time. And then I became the college pastor for several years before going away to seminary.
0: Right. So you went to Southern Seminary in Louisville. I did. And then you came back here and there was no
1: ministerial full-time position. That's right. Yeah. So I came back and I remember sitting with you at at Chick-fil-A and talking about what the Future could look like. And, you know, when you go into ministry, at least when I went into ministry, my hope was to be a full time pastor forever. And just talking about the direction that family church was going and wanting to plant all of these churches, I was really excited about it. But there was some trepidation there because all of my training was in ministry and considering a bivocational church plant was. Kind of a terrifying thing, to be honest with you. I didn't know what that was going to look like.
0: Yeah, and Jimmy, what I love about you, you were like really, I think you were the first adopter of this entire plan because I was pitching this all the time. Hey, what about this? And what do you think about this? And let's plan a hundred churches and we need some people to go Bivo. And you were kind of like the first person to sort of, whatever trepidation you experienced, you were the first person to say, you know what, I'll give that a shot. And then
1: you ended up kind of, uh, you and your dad developed a business opportunity. Tell our listeners about that. Sure. So, uh, about the time I came back from Kentucky, my father had started a, a business out of his his home, and eventually he moved that business into a, a retail location. And he needed some help, and so I came on on board early on with some of my other brothers and, and helped him with this business. And it just grew really fast. We ended up partnering with a franchising company. And now there's over a hundred of these locations across, yeah, across tell them what the world. You do. What's, tell them the name of the company so, and tell them what you do. The name of the, the business is called Xperia And uh, we deal all in pre-owned Apple products. So the MacBooks, the iPhones, all of that. So we take them in, we, we certify them, recondition them, make them available for sale with a, a warranty. And it's, it's just caught on. Quite a bit, So so now there's there's over a hundred locations just in the U S alone. It's so amazing. It's, it's silly. I mean, it's, it's so it's amazing what
0: God has done, and and your dad and your mom's faithfulness to the Lord, and your faithfulness to the Lord. As you see God honoring that in your business. Now, so you end up going into the business. So, what do you do? What were you
1: doing with the business? How did yeah, you possibly so did. help with your seminary degree? Yeah, I know. My, so I, I did several things within within the business. Uh, ultimately, I ended up training franchisees. So we partnered with a, a franchising company called the United Franchise Group, who the the president, founder, CEO, uh, is a member of Family Church right. as well. So right. it's pretty awesome how that happened. But I uh, ended up doing the training specifically for Experimac for new franchisees. And then I've just recently moved into a role with the franchising company as a whole, overseeing the marketing department there. So nothing I ever, ever imagined uh, just a right. couple of years ago.
0: Right. But you know what what I think is awesome is you made a commitment that you were going to try to make a living. And then you've tried selling cars. You've tried doing all kinds of things to make a living. And then, the This business took off, and then you showed such skill, and you were so good at what you were doing. And now you've even been promoted out of your own company to to working for uh, UFG in this other role. All right. Now, look, how did you actually come to the decision, you know, I think I'm going to go for this? Because you were an early adopter for us. How did you arrive at that decision?
1: It's not as spiritual as you'd probably like. I mean, like I said before, I never intended to be a bivocational pastor. Like I didn't come out of seminary or school thinking, hey, this is the direction I'm going to go. But after talking to you and seeing the direction that Family Church was going, my desire to be a part of a culture like this, to be a part of something incredible in South Florida, it trumped my desire to just be a full-time pastor, which is a phenomenal calling. But I knew that that wasn't the opportunity for me. And so I wanted to go for it and honestly, my whole thought process along the way was, well, we're just going to knock it out of the park and Jimmy's going to have no choice but to make me a full-time pastor. And so right. the, the plan was it was going to be a short time by vocational right. role in, in my mind.
0: So let's be honest. When we first started this, our church was completely broke And I wanted to hire you full-time, but I couldn't afford you. Sure. Okay, now our church is not completely broke, and I still can't afford you (laughs) because your business is taking off too big. So thank God that you're willing to continue. I, I, I tell you what I admire about this, Jimmy. You have a very successful career, and you have a bright future in front of you in terms of the business world, but you have not abandoned your calling as a pastor. And you've even told your employers, if I had to choose... I'm going to be a pastor, and I, I love that about you, your commitment to this and, and uh, Heather's as well. Hey, what motivates you to do it? Because this cannot be easy. you are wor- I know right now, especially with your new role, you're working like a dog over there. Sure. What motivates you to actually to, to just keep going?
1: You know I thought about that question and, and really the answer is I just I can't not. Do it. And that's not the grammar I use on a Sunday morning in front of the congregation, but there's just something where I feel like God has given me some certain gifts, and they're not for my benefit. They're for the benefit of the church. And whatever that looks like, I'm going to have to find a way to exercise those gifts for the good of the church. And uh, that's really what what drives me forward in, in this.
0: All right. Well, when you think of your role as a husband, as a father, as a businessman, as a pastor, what are some of the challenges that
1: you have faced trying to make all this work? Yeah, there's been some challenging times for for sure, especially at the beginning. The startup was really hard because that's when there was just a lot of uncertainty vocationally and just even, I mean, even within Family Church, how are we going to do this moving right. forward? What's it going to look like? And so there was just a lot of unknown uh, ahead of me, which is which is difficult for anyone to, to deal with. But as I got into it more and more, one of the things that, and we've worked through some of those those early difficulties, which everybody's going to face those in, in different ways. And it's, there's always going to be challenges to it, but you get to a point where you kind of get into a rhythm. You know, uh, Once you've gotten through that, that startup, you get into a little bit of a rhythm with your team and your, your volunteers and everyone who's a part of it and you, you make it work. So we've worked through some of the financial issues early on. We've worked through some of the just leadership issues early on and figuring out who's going to do what, how do these systems work, and how are we going to correspond with family church as as a whole, because we're about 20, 25 minutes away from here. and
0: Yeah, and you're bivocational. You can't even send people to the meetings.
1: Sure. And your team's bivocational. And the team's bivocational. And and that's one of the things, too, is our team is incredible. I mean, they're all very self-sufficient in the fact that I don't have to babysit any of them in that way. They just they can get it done. They're really skilled at what they do, and they have the same kind of calling towards just wanting to be a part of the church, even if that's in a bivocational role. Right.
0: So Jimmy, let's talk about those specific challenges though. So let's talk about the financial challenges. And I'm not just talking about the church, I'm talking about personally. So when you started you didn't have this burgeoning, you know, international company and you didn't have really didn't have much of a church because you started with about 40 people. So how did you navigate the financial challenges, you know, you and Heather having conversations and saying, "No, honey, this is what God wants us to
1: do." Yeah, there were some there were some really hard conversations with that. Yeah, because when we started Expermac, I mean, it didn't even exist in the sense that it does now. And I was working at CarMax. Slinging used cars, and which made for some really interesting conversations with people on test drives. I'm a pastor. I'm a used car salesman. It was it was fantastic. <laughs> Great skill set match. But that was it was really difficult. And there was times where early on, I just I didn't know if I could make it work. And I remember sitting with Steve Wright multiple times over breakfast, and just some bare knuckled conversations about, hey, I don't know what this is going to look like because I didn't I didn't know what the future held. And I'll tell you what. Steve is one of the most important people in the world to me because of how he uh, helped walk me through those situations. And him personally reaching out to me and helping me and, and just leading me and and, and Heather and, and helping us walk through that. Because there's definitely some hard times where, where it just sucks, right? Yeah. Am I allowed to say that on a podcast? You already house? did. Just All carry right. on. <laughs> so. Well, there we go. I don't say that on uh, Sunday mornings either where, you know, but it's one of the things we realize it's a season, you know, the the difficult times and sorting out how the financials are going to work. It's a season of really difficult times. And then you move through that season. And there's another season of difficult times where things are, are not great, but it's a different difficult right. set of, of things you're dealing with. And as long as those things change from time to time, you can deal with it, right? If it's the same difficulty you're dealing with for five years, that's yeah. tough. But it's one of those things where, I went into I didn't know what the future was going to hold. I was trusting God as far as the financials of it go. He's been very good to our our family uh, financially in that way. And I know that's not every situation for right. for everyone, but I know that family church is not, I mean, you guys weren't hanging me out to dry or anything like that. I mean, you guys were walking with me all through this process, through the hard times. And then as things got good as well, I mean, we've just been arm in arm the, the whole time with
0: all right, so Jimmy, you have the financial challenges. There's also got to be some uh, time challenges because you have a full time job and then you're trying to oversee a church and you started a church with forty people, but now you have you know over three hundred people involved. you're You're in a building project right now. you're building a brand new sanctuary. you're redoing some kid space because you're growing so fast. How can you possibly work this full-time You have a
1: really pretty comprehensive job and also pastor the church. How can you do that? I had to learn early on how to get really good at just saying no. And there's just things that family church downtown can do because of the scope and the size of, of the campus that we just necessarily can't do at Family Church Sherbrooke. And I had to realize what are the core things that we just have to do week in and week out. And then even more specifically than that, what are the core things that I have to do as the pastor of this campus that I cannot hand off to anybody else? And those things for me were, I need to focus on Sunday mornings, like that needs to be excellent i need to feed these people from the message and then also just meeting with people and shepherding people those were the two things that i was just if i have time that's what it's going towards the other things i had to rely on volunteers to take right. care of some of those things we just don't do because right. we just good. don't have the the capacity to do it so i just had to get good at saying no which at first was a little a little tricky because you you see all the great things that are happening everywhere else and you want all of it to happen. And it can't, you've got to pick and choose a little bit. I think that's so wise, Jimmy, because
0: one of the things that I say to people all the time about bivocational, because people challenge me when I speak other places about this and they'll say, you know, you really can't do bivocational because how are you supposed to prepare a message and how are you supposed to counsel people and how are you supposed to do weddings and funerals and hospital visits and everything if you're bivocational? And my answer is exactly what you just said. And I think you are a great model for this. You just say no. If I'm a bi vocational pastor, I don't try to do what a full time vocational pastor does. So, like you just talked about the downtown campus and the Sherbrooke campus, the downtown campus is staffed mostly by full time vocational people, it's thousands of people, whatever. Well, there's a whole different kind of a full service kind of a church going on downtown. When you have a bi vocational team at Sherbrooke, it's not a full service church like that. So, you don't offer everything that everybody else offers. I know when you first started, you didn't have a youth group at all. And you just, when people come with teenagers, you just said, hey, we don't have a youth group. And when people come say, hey, I need marriage counseling or whatever, if you choose to, you can do that. But you may say, hey, listen, you might want to check downtown because we really don't have the capacity to do that. It's so wise for you to say, if I'm going to be bivocational, I'm not going to try to replicate what a full-service, full-time vocational pastor can do. And I think that is... One of the best things that you have modeled for all of our bivocational pastors here uh, at family church and throughout South Florida now we talked a little bit about this uh, what are some of the benefits of being bivocational what, what are some of the things that you would say this is actually a help
1: yeah i would say one of the benefits of being bivocational is that you can't do everything so that you know there there is some some benefit in in that but really there's so many from the sense of just flexibility um, as far as just my own ability to choose to where my time is going to be spent and how I can schedule that between my family and my work and and family family. family church as well. I think there's one of the main benefits of the bivocational is that you are almost forced to become a good leader in the sense of you really have to rely on your volunteers and your team. And if you cannot get your volunteers to pick up in certain areas and to lead certain things and to get on board, then you've got no chance. And so it's kind of an accelerated leadership training process, if you you will. And we've been able to to do that. You have so successfully. I mean, it's
0: so amazing the number and the level of volunteers for a relatively small congregation, and you have 300 or less, and you have just mobilized these people. And a lot of them are new sure. to your church. Some of them are new are new Christians. You know, one of the things too, Jimmy, that I know you won't say it this way, but let me, let me speak from outside and you may want to respond. Okay. Is that if your primary income is not derived from the church, you don't feel the same kind of pressure when somebody at the church says, How come we don't do this? and you got to do that, and how come you didn't? Here's kind of, Hey okay, man, I'm by vocation. I yeah. and it does give you a sense of confidence and financial independence that a normal pastor of a church of 300 would have to be very responsive if he had some cranky people or some people upset or somebody's leaving. And you just don't feel the pressure in the same way as perhaps that person
1: would. Sure. In a sense, you're almost like a volunteer pastor in that, in that well, way. Are, exactly. And so I think the other side of it too is when new people come to the church and they hear that you are a bivocational pastor and you have a your whole team has other jobs you that have they a do real in addition job. with this, that carries a lot of just significance and weight with with people. And um, I, I've noticed that there's been a lot of people that respect that a lot for our church, and it just reveals to them kind of why we're really in this. You it know? really does. And it's been a real blessing from that side of it. I don't know that I ever expected that for you know, people to respond about that
0: way. Because you know, I'm full time. Everybody knows that. So sometimes I meet with uh, leaders at your church or even new people, and then they blurt that out, and then they kind of go. So they'll be like, uh, "You know what I love about Jimmy is he like has a real job. I mean, he's got a real job." And they go, "Oh, I'm sure you have a real job too." <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, "No, I know totally what you mean." And it really does, especially in the mind of of a lot of men, it actually elevates your platform in their life because they feel like you. Kind of know what they're going through. Yeah. And they kind of, you know, for me as a vocational pastor, they may kind of feel like we're not 100% sure what you do all week, you know, but they know that. And so I think that's a very uh, powerful benefit. Hey, let's talk about the network. So you are not an independent bivocational church planter. We're involved in a network. What are some of the advantages for a bivocational pastor connecting with a network like Family Church?
1: Yeah, I I think there's. There's so many. I would about say, as well, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would say two that really stand out for me is, you know, when we started this this church, Sherbrooke, it's we were able to partner with a smaller church in the community, and and it was a great situation. But when someone pulls up to this small little country looking church on the back of a of a piece of property, and it looks about the size of their house, they're not expecting a, a whole lot, right? It's going to be a nice small church experience but the network allows them to come in and experience a level of excellence from the music to the presentation to even the bulletins that they receive when they come in the hospitality I mean it allows us to present ourselves at a church at, an, at a different level than we would be able to do if we were you know a, a much smaller church and so that's that's one benefit that I think when someone comes in for the first time and you kind of exceed their expectations and that yeah. it creates a positive experience and a positive vibe with them when they when they come to the church and that's something we really focus on a lot is just exceeding a guest's expectation so that we they see how important it is to us that they are there visiting with us that Sunday. And the, the network allows us to do that in an incredible way. The second thing, and even more importantly for me personally, is just the brotherhood of uh, Family Church and those meetings with our other campus pastors and our pastoral staff. That's the gold that you mine for, right? That's the stuff that you just couldn't find anywhere else. And I know I'm in those meetings far less than some of those pastors, but I know that every single one of them would do anything for me and my family. And I can call any of them up at, at any time. I rely on them a lot for different things that we're trying to do at the campus, that we just don't have time to put all the strategy and ideas into it. And so that side of it is invaluable. I mean, and it makes it so much fun too. I mean, it's just, right. it's a great, great You're culture, a great place to be. Yeah. I just, I love it. I wish I could be more involved in, in that side of it even because it's incredible.
0: Jimmy, one of the things that I love to see about you and our other team members, some of them are bi-vocational, part-time, co-vocational, however you want to say it, is you guys are not alone. So you are actually- running with a group. If you need resources, you have access to them. You have access to coaching. And Jimmy, one of the things about you that is so unique though, is you are a highly gifted communicator. I know our listeners at church for the rest of us can hear that just even in this podcast, the way that you speak and the way that you think about leadership and organizational culture is really, really, really powerful. And you're one of the best leaders in our church bivocational, vocational, whatever. Jimmy, what would you say to someone out there who's listening right now and they're thinking about becoming a bivocational pastor? What advice would
1: you give them? I would advise them to recognize the things that you have to do as a bivocational pastor that only you can do for the church. Get a great team of people around you, right? Your leaders are everything. And so you've got to have people that you can rely on. And you cannot isolate yourself at all. I mean, you've got to be in communication with other pastors, other leaders, with your team constantly, because it is difficult and it can be really hard. And again, there are seasons that are harder than others, but if you've got the right people around you, if you've got your family on board, if you know that uh, you are following what God has called you to do, then you can work through all of it. And if you have a network or a team that can help you do that, it only takes you further with With that
0: and I, I love that and if you're if you're writing any of this down and you're listening to this and you're considering bivocational or you're coaching bivocational guys what Jimmy just said is solid gold narrow your focus build a team. Don't isolate yourself. Remember your calling. And I just uh, so appreciate, Jimmy, you sharing with us today on Church for the Rest of Us. And to our listeners, thank you for being with us today. We'd love to hear more from you. You can chime in on our blog at FamilyChurchNetwork.com. We're just a few weeks out from our Sharper Conference. We'd love to see you in South Florida. It might be cold where you are. It's warm here. Come see us. We want you to be there. It's not too late to register. You can do it today. SharperConference.com. We look forward to being with you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, This is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.